0: Hello and welcome, I'm Bonnie and I'm Lily and this is Little Home Organised, a podcast dedicated to helping you declutter, get organised and reclaim time for the things you love. important I think they would find themselves very different (laughs) attachments to you and so I said I'm going to invest in my pantry and he was like whatever floats your boat (laughs) and so (laughs) I love that that is so good so Pinterest perfect pantries try saying that seven
1: times fast Welcome. This week, we'll be talking about Pinterest perfect pantries. Are they everything Instagram says they're cracked up to be? We'll discuss the pros and cons of beautiful pantries and give you some important tips to help you create your own
0: fabulous yet functional pantry. I'm excited about this week's episode because we're also going to mention my recent transformation in my pantry, which I'm excited to share. And looks amazing, should I add. Um, thank you, thank you. Um, but before we jump into that, Bonnie, can you quickly tell our listeners about The Essentials Guide? Absolutely. So The Essentials Guide you can
1: find on the au website and it is the only guide that you will need to organise any and every space in your home and it's designed with the time-poor parent in mind. So it's short, sharp videos with lots of tips and tricks to help you organize your home from head to toe.
0: So yeah, if you're ready to jump in and get on it and you want some skills, head on over and check out the Essentials Guide. I actually had someone contact me the other day and she was like, this course sounds like everything I've been looking for. Her words, no exaggeration there. And she said, but I am so time poor. I'm a shift worker and I just need something that's flexible. And I said- you're in luck. This is something that you can, we have designed it. You can just log on and do it at your own pace. It's not in a set time frame. You just get on there mm. and you do it as you need it. And she was like, yeah. I didn't even realize. And she went on and she's currently working her way through the course right now. And the important thing to
1: note there is that you don't have a time limit for it. So when you buy the course, if life gets in the way and derails you, you've got lifetime access to actually finish that course. So let's jump on over to
0: Pinterest Perfect Pantries.
1: So let's start by talking about some of the Pinterest Perfect Pantries we have seen on Pinterest or Instagram or other social media platforms. I feel like we're doing one of those tongue twisters
0: where it's like Peter Piper picked a peckle pickle peppers, a of pickle peppers, oh, Peter Piper picked. Ooh, I was going to got it. say
1: you are doing so well. <laughs> she sells seashells by, by the seashore. seashore.
0: If she sells seashells. There'll surely be no more. I don't actually know the rest of them. No, that's what I filled in. It logically made sense. It totally did. Um, (laughs) But what is a Pinterest perfect pantry? Well, basically, it's anything that's beautifully organised. Everything looks really systematic. Lots of matchy-matchy order. Beautiful um, filters over the top. And when you have a look at it, it looks like something you would find in a magazine. But with social media... Long gone are the days of magazines. We see these things in our news feeds every single day, these beautiful pantries, Mm. and you just think, my goodness, look at all that shiny glassware in that pantry where I can see every different type of seed this person owns. I didn't even know there were that many types of seeds and it's just super intricate and beautiful. That's a Pinterest perfect pantry. But
1: also the thing that Pinterest perfect pantries do tend to do sometimes is they can make us feel like our own pantry is inadequate. And that's not a great thing because we're actually constantly getting bombarded with ads for things, whether they're actual business ads or just someone else's pantry that looks amazing, that is constantly telling us we're not good enough. Now, a really interesting study actually showed that we will see in one year more ads than someone 50 years ago saw in their entire lifetime. Whoa. That's a lot of ads, right? Like you think that about That's a lot of ads. Just in your last twenty four hours, you've seen ads on people's cars, on the bus stops, on the
0: billboards, the TV, the radio, social media, like- your Facebook news feed, when you're actually scrolling yeah. through trying to see what your friends are up to and you have to go, Oh, there's sponsored content. Oh, there's sponsored content and you're flicking through all that, that's all advertising as well.
1: Absolutely. So it really does bombard us and it actually creates this culture where we feel like we don't have enough and we're not enough and we need to buy these products and buy these services and and become like these people who have these amazing pantries so that we can have this more
0: fulfilling life. We had that recent episode that we did of course on The Home Edit, the very popular show on Netflix. Yes. And they very much are, are all about form versus function, but they have a huge emphasis on form. Mm. And that is that beautiful pantry that you open up and everything looks perfect. So it doesn't matter that I have a cereal box that's this tall and this wide and a cereal box that's only this tall and a little bit skinnier. When you use one of those systems that they implement, everything looks uniform and the same. And that's what can be so appealing is it's Mm. so aesthetically pleasing to open those pantry doors and be like, ah, everything looks even and orderly and it brings like a sense of calm. Yeah, it really does. But form versus function is a really interesting concept.
1: Yeah, it really is because Too often we can get really caught up in that whole form side of things and we can want that rainbow effect and that uniformity. But what we don't realise is that sometimes when we actually just focus on the form side of things, the function actually falls by the wayside. And that's actually the most important thing because not only do you need to organise
0: your space in the first place, But you need to be able to maintain it. That is like the key to staying organised. Absolutely. And I think that is why pantries can be such an intimidating space in the house because there is so much turnover Mm. in that space. We constantly do our food shops and have more food coming in that then has to be accommodated for in this pantry. So we might be feeling confident to go in and get organised, but if we don't pick a system that's actually uh, got room for the growth of a weekly shop that, you know, gets bigger and smaller – then the system that we try can fall apart and it ends up looking really messy and doesn't end up working. And so I think the pantry can be quite an intimidating space. We want it to look pretty, but it absolutely has to be functional. It
1: does. And you know, a lot of people, when we work with them in their homes decluttering, they want that beautiful pantry, but they're not really willing to put the money in to invest in the right containers. And getting the right containers and baskets to help organize your pantry is so essential. I cannot tell you how essential it is because when you don't do that, you will have those misshapen packets. You will have things that are bigger than others. They won't fit on the same shelf because the shelf's only one uniform height and some boxes are bigger than others. Um, But when you actually go and you do that containerizing, it really does make a big difference because then everything is uniform. And then you can use something like the bulk section or the backstock if you're a home edit fan. It's absolutely my favorite part of the pantry because what it means is that you set your pantry up almost like a shop front where everything has its place. You only have one of everything on display, but then the things that you use the most often are in this backstock area because you know what it's like when you have little kids as well. If you run out of peanut butter or jam in the middle of breakfast and you still have a few pieces of toast to spread, Those kids are not happy that you have run out.
0: Not when they were (laughs) expecting peanut butter or jam. (laughs)
1: Exactly. And especially if you've got kids who have got high needs and they're really rigid in their thinking, Mm -hmm. that can spell disaster as well. So having this bulk section or this backstock area, it's such a lifesaver for when you run out of stuff in the middle of your cooking.
0: So I think let's jump into the pros and cons of the Pinterest Perfect Pantry because You know, I know we're coming in pretty hard on the, it's not all it's cracked up to be, but what does that even mean? What does that look like? So let's have a look at it. Let's look at some of the things that we love about the Pinterest Perfect Pantry and then some of the things that we think are impractical. Well, obviously
1: the thing that I love the most about a Pinterest Perfect Pantry is that it looks pretty. It's
0: so pretty.
1: Like you can open it and it makes you want to get nice food out of there because it looks really appealing. And and I've noticed that with 10 years now of clients, whenever a space gets decluttered, they are proud of it. They want to show their friends all of a sudden their wardrobes and their unmentionables drawer because they're so excited (laughs) that they've organized it and it's decluttered and it looks really beautiful. So that's a definite pro for me.
0: Yeah, I absolutely have to agree with you. They're so pleasing to look at. And I think, you know, you're talking about a shop front earlier. It can feel like that. You know that feeling you get when you walk into a really beautiful store and everything has been beautifully designed and it makes you feel really good and they put nice candles on and it smells – That makes – they've done that on purpose. They want to showcase everything Mm. to entice you to, you know, purchase it. But they're creating and setting up an environment. And so when we open up our pantries and everything is beautifully orderly, it is so enticing, you know, like if that is – especially if that's the way you're wired, you look at it and you think, oh, the uniformity, this looks fabulous. One Mm. of the things that I think is a pro of everything being so uniform is that it's really easy to find – the things that you want because everything is so clearly laid out. Yes, especially when you've got really good labels and you've got
1: nice clear containers, glass, perspex, acrylic, whatever it is that you choose to use. The other thing I was actually thinking of is I don't know if you've ever watched The Crown on Netflix but I've been I watching have not, it. not, not yet. And one of their earlier seasons they actually talk about uh, – I, th- I can't remember who – I think it was Queen Elizabeth and she said, like why do we have to dress this certain way and why can't we just – be like other people. Why do we have to have such this high standard? And the advice that came back from the advisors was the people who are down in the in the dumps and the down, you know, who are poor, they need someone to aspire to. They need like this level to look up to to help them on their days where they're feeling really low because they know that they'll never be able to achieve that personally, but they want to be able to see that from someone else. And I f- I thought that was so interesting because. In one sense, having like these Pinterest perfect pantries can inspire people. Oh, yeah, actually, I can have a pretty looking pantry that is really functional. But there is the con side of that as well, which can be, oh, mine doesn't look like that. I'm no good. I'll never have that.
0: Yeah, there's also that side where it creates distance. You know, you were talking about socioeconomic statuses almost there. And, you know, by looking up at the royalty and seeing them in those really fine outfits, is that you know, that presumption that I'm going to look at that and be like, oh, wow, I want to be like that as opposed to, look at the disparity of wealth between the two of us. Look at this famous person on Instagram who has this incredible, beautiful pantry that's huge with every different type of cereal and what have you and Mm -hmm. I don't have a pantry that big and I will never have that and the feelings that would be stirred from that, that could be quite negative as well. And so I definitely think it's tricky. It could be inspiring but it could also be crushing. Yeah, and just it can be dissatisfying and, I mean, we don't really need any more dissatisfaction in our lives, do we? Like there's enough. No, and that's the tricky part of, you know, Instagram and these beautiful platforms is they show us so much beauty but there's also this, you know, there can also be this darker side to it. As well. Mm, mm. One of the things that I think is a really good pro, uh, an absolute big pro, because if you imagine your young children who are at the point where they can read, you know, mm. that's good. You, you know, it's easy for them to identify the different types of nuts. It's also a good learning tool for them to learn that that word means that type of nut that looks that certain way or whatever it is that they're looking at. Mm. And for us as adults, we can just look at things really quickly and go, oh, that's the self raising flower. Oh, that's the flower. And yes. it's really satisfying. It's functional. It's easy to use. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And the great thing about having labels like that is. If you do change your mind in five or 10 years and you think, no, I'm not really into that text anymore or that color is not really my thing, you just peel the labels off and get new ones printed. And it's pretty super easy to actually switch it over. The most important thing is investing in like good quality containers that are going to last a lifetime.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. And another thing I'll mention as well that you just jogged my memory on is when you're looking in your pantry, you can see exactly what's left, and so that you know when you need to do a food shop. Mm. So if I think about, let's say I have a bunch of—I'm using nuts as an example today—but say I have a bunch of packets of nuts in my cupboard, and you know I've got my little tie around the top or my clip around the top because there's a handful left. It works. It's it's functional. It's fine. But you can add a visual aid by moving those nuts into a sealing glass jar or a food sealing plastic container, you know, another kind of clear container so that when you – literally look at that container Out of first glance. You can see glance. that the level has gone down. You don't have to, you know, rummage through anything. Yeah. It's like really simple. And I yeah. think that definitely is a pro of, you know, this idea of everything being um, decanted or taken out of its original packaging and put in yeah. uniform yeah. containers.
1: A hundred percent. And I think the other thing that that works really well when you do have this organized pantry system, and this is definitely a pro for a kind of more Pinterest perfect pantry. And, and when, we, when we say like it's a pro of this, it doesn't mean that your pantry has to be the most beautiful pantry in the world. It's just that it's got to be organized and functional. So one of the pros of having this organized pantry is that you can easily, when you're running out of something, write it on a list that's maybe hanging on the door. If you use like a a digital app that you share with other people in your household when things run out, you just make a real quick note when you see that things are starting to get low and that means next time you go and do the shop, you can grab that item, you can put it into your bulk or your back stock so that in two days' time when you run out of all those dates, you've actually got a fresh new packet of dates ready to go.
0: Yeah, you don't actually have to have a buffer. You're allowing buffer time. You don't have to have a time period where you're out of that item.
1: Yeah, and especially if you're pregnant – and you have cravings <laughs> for things and they're all of a sudden not out pregnant
0: cravings.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and and that item's not there to be restocked. It's really it's very upsetting. So it's good to have the things there
0: in your backstock or in your bulk section, ready to go for when you do run out. Now, you've just brought me to my next point, which is budget. Here is the pro and here is the con of the Pinterest Perfect Pantry. Mm. The big pro, of course, is that when you have everything set up in in that kind of way, you can see exactly what's running out, can kind of help the prevention of overbuying because I know exactly what I do need.
1: Yes, so true. I mean, I can't tell you how many clients I've had over the years who just buy things um, when they're on sale. As as is a great idea to do, but by too many and not realizing what they've already got at home and there's not a spot for things. And so things just get shoved in on top. And I can think of one in particular who had this massive under stairs storage room almost, and it was all full of food. And by the time that I
0: came to help them declutter, it was all expired. Which is such a shame it's because- It's such a waste of money. Yeah, the good intention was there to buy yeah. all this stuff on sale and save money. Yep. But if we don't have a good organized system, then those things can easily happen. And that's another pro of um, this style of organizing is you'll see a lot of baskets and bulk containment areas and you're talking about like your back stock and I call it overflow in my pantry. When you have a designated space, you can say, okay, that's the space I can fill my sale items with. So mm. I know that I've got a boundary there. So it's going to stop me overspending. Yep. And then I also know that that's the spot I can go to yeah. before I need to then go to the shops and buy more. I always check that spot to make yes. sure I'm not double buying.
1: And you keep that spot organised as well. So it's not like you've got a double up of absolutely everything in the pantry. It's more about having the the next one ready for when the item runs out and also anything that's an absolute staple that you go through fairly often, having the next one of those ready. Also, when you've got a birthday party coming up and you need to have – Cans of cordial or soft drink, or you've bought things that are just for the party, where do you put them so that they're actually still in the pantry and not loitering around your house? That's where that bulk stock or back, you know, back stock, bulk section, overflow, whatever it is that you want to call it, that's that section. Do you remember when we used to have overflow stores? Yes. Post came up on $2 shops. Yeah,
0: post came up on social media the other day and it was tell me your age by the store by naming a store and help me figure out your age and someone started off with Blockbuster. And then all these people started naming all these different places. Like there used to be an ice skating rink in our like local town and like it was just like,
1: oh, so much nostalgia. Okay, here's something really interesting. I used to work at Crazy Clark's, right, which is another $2 store. Worked there for five years and, you know, great, great experience while I was working and while I was studying at uni. They got bought out right after I left and they are now doing car rentals.
0: That is so random. Like the
1: same logo and everything. They do car rentals. My my husband took a photo of like a sticker, or is it our brother? Someone like that. Someone took a Someone photo. Like that. <laughs> Someone important. In I our think lives. they would
0: find themselves to be very different <laughs>
1: attachments <laughs> yeah. to you. Very different relationships. That's yes, for sure. Indeed. But yeah, I thought that's so interesting that that's what they've diversified from two dollar stores into car rental. Anything to
0: survive. Yeah. This was even well before COVID. Yeah. So that's the pro of a budget, but mm. we have to mention the big con it is budget because you can go wild. With your containers, you Trying mean. to get everything yeah. matching and looking a certain way. Yep. <laughs> As opposed to shopping at home, which is one of the big things that we advise people to do, always shop at home first. If you're trying to get everything contained, it doesn't have to match and it can still be functional, but if you want it to be contained and match Then, unless you have all those systems in place in your house that you can just access those baskets or what have you, you're going to need to spend some money.
1: Yeah. And you know what? Like I said before, it's an investment that's really worth investing into because- it can be lifelong, those containers that you buy. And look into what's the best type for you and your family. Is it something like a, an acrylic or a perspex? Is it going glass? Do you have issues with opening things and need to find handles that are really ergonomic but still seal well? Like, There's lots of things to consider as well as when you do have, say, baskets for maybe the sauce packets that you buy at the supermarket to make a dinner – Do you need to have some sort of label at the front of that so that people can easily see it? Um, You know, like there's so many things to consider. Well, the most important thing is obviously the plan phase, okay? Mm. So if we're talking about the five Ps that we use at Little Misorganized, the first one is plan. And this doesn't have to be a physical plan. You can write it down if you want to, but you have to have a mental plan at least. Where are things going to go? What are the categories that you're going to use? Where do things need to be?
0: What's not working in your pantry
1: right now? Yeah.
0: What are the stumbling blocks? And so then we need to think about how we're going to fix them as opposed to just getting really excited and jumping in there. Mm. You are going to do much better with the plan. In fact, you're going to do much better if you make a smart goal. We have an episode on that. If you're not sure what a smart goal is, (laughs) go and check that one out.
1: What are the things that are in your pantry that shouldn't be in there? Like is your gift wrapping station in the top of your pantry? And maybe you need that space for pantry stuff instead.
0: I think it's really tempting to put random items in our pantries because the shelving tends to allow for bulky things yeah it's so spacious compared to maybe other areas of your house and so you'd mm. be surprised at the random stuff that ends up in there but it's really important when we're organizing unless you live in a studio apartment in New York and you literally or
1: Japan or any other Asian country because they all tend to have very small apartments.
0: yeah where you've got those tiny apartments a studio apartment like hardly any space then you might be multiplying you know crossing over a bunch of categories into mm. one area. But otherwise we should really just be keeping those spaces for the function that they need to be and your Absolutely. pantry should just be for food.
1: Yeah, so it's all about the zoning. So this is your pantry zone. So only things that relate to food and eating should be in here. Appliance is one of those things that it's one of those categories that people sometimes do end up sticking in their pantry because we often have too many appliances and maybe our cupboards aren't actually designed to fit the bulky appliances. And so we do tend to stick them in the pantry. If you don't have to stick them in the pantry, obviously keep them in the kitchen, but if you do need to, it's a weird gray line. It is a bit of a weird gray line. And that's the thing about organizing in general is it doesn't matter what the advice is that you get from us or anybody else. It's actually got to work for you and for your family. So don't get so stuck on the rules and, oh, that person told me I can't do this over here. If it works for you and your family, great, go ahead and do it. Might not work for someone else, but it works
0: for you. Okay. And that's really important. So we're talking about the five P's and how we get in there and get things organised for our Pinterest Perfect Pantry. And we'll use the example of my pantry as well when I did my transformation. Mm. If you're someone at home right now who is wanting to declutter and maybe it's not just your pantry, you can check out the five P's. We've actually, they make up our organising cheat sheet and it's just basically really um, simple but really effective tool to help you go through a space. So you just head to our website, littlehomeorganised.com.au forward slash sheet, and you can download that and that'll help you on your way. So we're up to the second P Bon. Okay, so the second P is pull out. So this is where we go
1: shelf by shelf, pull things out. If you don't have a lot of bench space to be able to actually work through, you can do steps two and three per shelf. So step three is the purge. So if you've only got a small working space, pull out one shelf at a time, go through and do your purge. Now, the most important thing when you do your purge is get rid of the expired stuff. Yeah. Okay, Like we have found spices from the 1980s in clients' houses before. And that is so cool because they're like so, so rock hard. Food colorings are one of those things that we just tend to think live on forever. Yes. Yes. Do you know, I had this really interesting experience with food. Um, it wasn't in a pantry. It was supposed to be in a pantry, but it just wasn't, Um, years ago with a client and she had all these tins and, you know, tins are supposed to be forever, right? You stick them in your bomb shelter, um, they're going to last you for the apocalypse. So these tins hadn't even been there for that long, maybe like, I don't know, 10 years. And they were all stacked up on her carpet in her living room because the kitchen was full. The bottom ones were empty. The food had evaporated. What? Out of them. You looked at the tin and they still looked completely formed, they might have been a bit rusty around the bottom so there was gaps, but the food had evaporated. Really? Really. And they left like huge rust stains the Oh, I on bet the they carpet. did. Oh, yeah. yeah, they would
0: have totally trashed that But that was,
1: that was like so eye-opening for me that wow. it, that tinned food could actually do that if just not stored Nothing properly. Nothing
0: is forever. No,
1: no, not even the tins. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you've got to pull everything out, make sure you've got functional workspace and then you got to do your purge. So with my pantry, what happened was we – we're living with my in-laws. They moved out and we moved from like a little standalone cupboard into the main pantry cupboard. And you were and like, so, oh, look space. at this space. Yeah, it's huge. So we threw um, all our stuff in there just quite willy-nilly. And then when it came time to actually properly organise it, we went through the steps. We, we had a plan in mind for what we wanted. One of the you know parts of the plan was we th- were thinking ahead to what we wanted it to look like and how we wanted it to function. We then pulled everything out and then we got to purging Because I'd been in such a tiny cupboard, I had the advantage that I didn't have a bunch of excess, which made it so much easier. Otherwise, the purging step, like all decluttering steps, it's a bit time consuming, but it's important to do it and do it right.
1: Yeah. And look, there's another vote for minimalism because it means that there's less stuff you have to purge in the end.
0: Cool. So step four is
1: purchase. So this might be, you've done the purge, you've gotten rid of the stuff that's expired, the stuff you're not going to eat. If there's food that you just don't eat anymore, but it's still in date and it's still brand new and unopened, go and find a community shelter or a centre somewhere near you and donate them. Find a church that will take food for the community because it shouldn't be wasted if it's still perfectly good.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Don't go throwing things in the bin. There are people in need who will absolutely love the, that food. So yeah. don't feel obliged to hold on to it But please do donate responsibly.
1: And the other thing is if you are throwing things out, try and throw things out responsibly too. So empty out the sauce bottle so that you can recycle the bottle of sauce, the glass jar of Makona coffee that's gone hard from 10 years ago. You know, think about things a little bit more responsibly because we all have a part to play and we want this planet to be here for our grandchildren. I'll get off my soapbox. Okay, so step four (laughs) with the purchasing – Look around your house first, shop around the house and find items that are not being utilised in other spaces and see if they will fit your needs in the pantry. Especially if there's a bunch of them
0: and they're uniform, great, that will be perfect for what you need. Yes, yeah, so it'll be functional and aesthetically pleasing and you've, you've made a good point when you were talking about the jars and emptying them out. Plenty of people reuse and yeah. upcycle their old sauce jars and use them in the pantry and they get the glass, you know, kind of look. And it doesn't matter that the jars are a little bit different. It's quite eclectic, but it can be a really good way to reuse that, um, that glassware. Another thing one of my friends in particular has done, you mentioned the Macona coffee jar, and they have the mm-hmm. really good food seal. Yes, They're they are another do. good option as well. They
1: are. And something I did a couple of years ago with my pantry, because I wanted to switch over to glass, is our local supermarket sells this tomato paste that's like a dollar fifty or something in this lovely clear glass jar with just a plain white lid. And so I thought, oh these are really great. They seal well. I'm gonna use these in my pantry. And so I just asked friends and family, "Hey, over the next six or twelve months, when you're using this food, paste, uh, this tomato paste, can we just have your jars afterwards?" And so people started collecting them for me and giving them to me. And so then, within six months, I had this beautiful collection of matching jars that I then put lovely vinyl labels on that I use for all of my smaller, you know, five hundred gram type size products in the pantry. So there you
0: go. Didn't up, cost anything. Yeah. Upcycled. And then you still can add that, you know, a beautiful look so that you look at it and you think, oh, this is easy. Everything's labeled, but it's also really pretty too. So, yeah, you know, it doesn't have to be overnight. You've got these options too. So for us, we actually, long story short, COVID happened. Hey, everybody. And um, we had an overseas trip plan to the States. And so we had money set aside for that and when that trip didn't happen we you know redistributed the funds but we kept a little bit out because it was our presents to each other for our um big 30 birthdays for my husband and myself and so i said i'm going to invest in my pantry and he was like Whatever floats your boat, and so we, <laughs> I love that. That is so good. So I actually um, did a little bit of stalking around the neighborhood, and there happened to be a fantastic sale on one of our local um, kitchen stores. And I got a bunch of the plastic food sealing containers. Now I had done glass jars, and they I'd done the screw lid ones, and I had found that they weren't keeping my nuts crunchy enough. And so I actually have you got to have crunchy you nuts, you got to have people. crunchy nuts. All about the nuts today. And so I actually took those jars and now use them for hydroponic water propagation of my plants. Um, Which is another episode oh, that itself. Is a, I could talk about it all day. PM me, everybody. Um, <laughs> crazy plant lady It right happens here. so quickly. It's like you turn 30 and, you know, plants start growing at your ears. <laughs> um, yeah, so – I changed the use of those jars and went to some plastic containers instead. Now, the other thing I did was I looked around at prices for baskets and things like that. And I did invest and I did pay for the, you know, the plastic baskets, not great for the planet. So do be mindful when you're making those um, choices that, you know, you've chosen to have a carbon footprint that's a bit bigger. And so I had to look at different baskets and then chose some that I thought fit. And yeah, I went out and purchased some products. And then you went and you labeled them and now they look amazing. And on that note with labels, I actually looked at some of the really beautiful local label companies and I thought, oh, they're so lovely. And in the meantime, I'll just use my chalk pen and I'll label these. I've used my chalk pen and haven't even bothered with the labels because it means that each time I finish with a container, I'm under no obligation to have to fill it with the same item.
1: Yeah, that's a really good point. And if you have a really fluid diet and you like trying new things, like especially if you're going from one type of diet to another and you want to have a bit more flexibility over what type of things you're buying, you don't want to end up in that situation where instead of having two or three types of flour, you have 12 or 15 types of flour, like someone I know who I'm not going to dub in. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And you're not using all those different types, but because you've got all these containers with it, you keep them. So that's, the chalk pen is a great solution for having
0: that flexibility to be able to change um, what goes in it each time. And the message here is you can go out and buy it, but also if you're trying to save money, Yep. Shop at home. Yeah,
1: shop at home is amazing. And if you do know what you want, and you do want a specific container to have one label for its lifetime, grab a paint pen from your local office supply store, and use the paint pen and your pretty handwriting to make your labels as well.
0: Also, another thing you could do: Kmart um, has some really, or you know, you might have a different store near you that does it. A two dollars shop has cheap stick-on chalk labels. Yeah, you, so can, you can grab stick- that at like craft places and yeah. stuff. Just yeah, just stick something like that on. Like you've got, you got a lot of options. All yeah. right, so number five, the fifth P, of course, is put everything back.
1: Mm-hmm. So, so this is the most important step really yeah, we, because this is how you
0: organise things. We've got to make sure that the system is going to be functional going forward. So for yeah. for I'll use my pantry as an example. Yep. So my pantry has about four shelves. The very top shelf has got big baskets that you can't see through. They all match and basically I have one that's labelled dinner. So anytime we go out and buy dinner goods, they all go in there, excluding jars of sauces or cans. They all go in there, so all those packet mixy type stuff. Yeah, sure. And then I've got my overflow. So anytime like I pour my brown sugar into a container and there's too much and it doesn't fit, you tie it off, it goes in overflow. So your overflow is up? My overflow is up and I know okay. a lot of people do overflow down. Um, and also, you know, like let's say I bought something on special, it would mm-hmm. go up in there. And then the other container I have up there is uh basket that I have up there is biscuits and so that's because we tend to end up with lots of you know rice cakes and random biscuits and that that fills up pretty quickly but we don't want to have them all open yes you don't want them to go stale early and you also even though you should you know your food sealing containers should prevent that but also there's this overindulgence when everything's open there's this temptation to just eat it because it's there so that's why we decided that we wanted most of our biscuits away unless we just had one packet open
1: That's a really interesting point because a lot of people, me included, we get really hung up on having that variety being the spice of life. And I can think of a pantry I did recently for a client where she did love that variety. But because she was on her own and she didn't have anyone else to eat the food in the house, she would have these packets where one or two things were eaten or taken from it but then nothing else got used and eventually it would get expired because it would be so long between her going back to that item. So one thing that our parents actually do which I know I totally put you in it before mum, totally sorry, um, is they have this biscuit box where it's a little bit bigger and what they do is inside it they have any of those open packets of biscuits. So the rice cakes, the rice crackers, the saladas or whatever it might be. You don't need a box for each type. It's no, just like, just combine them it's all just all together. Them I mean we don't put sweet biscuits in There, there mostly like savoury and stuff but it's a great idea because when dad's going for lunch and he loves his rice cakes or his <laughs> saladas he just grabs a biscuit box out and you know spreads his pb and j on them because <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's what he likes i'll be very surprised the, da- the day that he eats pb and j well he does just not together yeah <laughs> very separate yeah the other container that we have up there is snacks And so, you know, it's kind of like up and out of sight, but we Mm. know that there are snacks up there. But I think it's a good visual reminder, especially if you find that you're someone who like gets really tempted when you see stuff visually to, to maybe overindulge. And, you know, using a container that you can't see through, something opaque and just tucking it up the top and then you can just pull it down and have a look. So our snacks are up the top. Then we have a baking shelf. So everything to do with baking is in clear plastic food seal containers on the baking shelf. And then off to the right is the scales. And then I also have a little basket that's got, you know, the um, hand mixer. Mm-hmm. Then we go down to the next shelf, and then it has a breakfast section. So we've got like a little rotate. You guys are going to see this all on social media. Feel free to check it out. So um you got like a little lazy susan for the sauces. There's a little Those tiered, are great. little tiered stand for the cans, so you can actually see when you've got you know depth of a pantry. Yep, to, um, you don't want to be blocking your view. Of- and that's when we end up with expired things. And then, of course, you were mentioning appliances. So our bottom level, we actually have our, you know, like our onions and stuff in like potato bags and things down the bottom and our spare appliances down the bottom as well. But, yeah, mm. check that out. Um, we're going to have a video going up on YouTube soon, <laughs> shortly, <laughs> soon. And uh, it's also on, on our socials as well and I'll reshare some of those for you.
1: And one thing, if you do have young kids and you're organising your pantry, make sure you create a snacks box or an after-school snacks box. That's down at their level that they know they can just come and grab something out of it. So if you're into um, baking things and you want to individually wrap things or put them in containers, what we do is we create our own mixed trail and we stick them in small plastic containers and put them in the snacks box so the kids can come and grab one of those after school and they don't have to harass you because they're hungry. So it
0: works really well. And believe me, after school, they are hungry. And they are harassing. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so that's all we've got time for for this week's episode. Bonnie, what is our tidy task? So
1: your tidy task for this week, if you have a pantry that needs a little bit of organisation, is to go back through those five steps, the five Ps, the plan, the pullout, the purge, the purchase and the put back and organise your pantry. And if you don't have the money to invest in containers at the moment just look around the house look for old cardboard boxes shoe boxes packaging from things even these days when you buy like a kilo of apples they come in this plastic container use those containers in the interim while you save up to get your proper containers to help you organize your pantry and your source packets and all those kind of things.
0: Be thrifty. You'd be surprised at what eco-friendly and what recycling and upcycling you can use in your pantry.
1: And reach out to your village, your community. Say hey these are the things that I'm looking for. Has anyone got spares of these that they can send my way? It'll be amazing what you can find. And I've got extras of these.
0: Who wants to swap for some of these? Absolutely. Join a local free cycle group. Alright so that's all we have time for. Thank you so much for tuning in and lending us your ears. And remember, progress. Not Not perfection. (laughs) See you later.
1: Bye. Hey, we'd love to keep the conversation going. Head over to the Little Home Organised Community Group on Facebook, ask questions, find motivation, and share your before and afters.
0: And if you enjoyed the show, please help us keep it going by hitting subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen.
1: It's free and ensures you do not miss an episode. But if you really want to share the love, leave us a rating and review. Trust me, it makes all the difference in the world.